What's up, fam? It is Coach Jay. I'm here with Coach Heidi. Hey. And this is the Get Strong, Lose Weight podcast where we help you get strong and lose weight because we believe when you feel strong, capable, and confident, you live a better life. <laughs> You're supposed to answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just thought I was supposed to finger point. No, like this is a podcast. This is not a video. So I brought on Coach Heidi today because anytime that we can, we try to grab coffee or we eat lunch and we talk about some of the big questions that we get at our gym and with our clients. And I thought this a lot of times we'll get to the end of a 15, 20 minute conversation. and We'll go, man, we should have recorded that. So instead of just having that conversation, we're going to record it and we're going to share it with you. So we have a few things on our list today and we'll get through, we'll get through as, as much as we can and we'll just riff back and forth. Does that, does that sound good to you, coach? Sounds good. Yeah. Just quick introduction. If you've listened to the podcast, then you probably know who Heidi is, but just quick intro. Heidi has been uh, a coach with us now for eight years, seven years. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, something like eight years. She is an expert in all things, including what are you an expert in? Uh, I think I've worn a lot of different hats, but I would yeah. say the things I'm most passionate about solving back pain, mobility issues, and fixing prior injuries, training without pain, that sort of thing. And then also <laughs> menopausal women's fitness. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But also she's strong as fuck and she can teach you how to get strong and she's great at learning new skills and she's also one of the friendliest people that any of us have ever met. So there's a good chance that if you have spent any time around us, Heidi, pretty well. Yeah. So enough introduction. All right. This is a question that came up the other day and it comes up often. I'm not seeing results right away. I know it's going to take time, but how do you stay motivated if you're not seeing results? Mm -hmm. this, so this I have some thoughts. One. What do you think, coach? Yeah, I think the first one is to question where you're looking for results and know that there are a lot of different metrics. And so a lot of people will define it just as I'm not seeing results on. The I woke up and I'm not lighter than I was yesterday. And my answer initially is let's look at the other places that you will get results pretty quickly and the other ways that this impacts your life, because that in the long run is going to be more important. So my first guidance was, hey, let's look at some non-scale victories. You're just going to list three. Yeah. What are three things that you've noticed that are easier in the last two weeks than they were before? Yeah. So that was, that was the first one. Yeah. This one came up for me this week as well, actually. I was talking to a client and I always go back to this idea of when you're working out, when you're following any kind of program, the program should help you do three things, improve the way you look improve the way you feel or improve the way you, and when people start, it's a lot of times they're focused on how they look, right? Like I want to lose some weight or I want to lose some fat or I want to fit this pair of jeans or whatever it is. And that's how they measure success. But as we know, you're going to have to do some things to get there. And if it was just about you losing weight, then you may not actually get to where you want to be. So you have to look at like, how do I feel? You yeah. can feel better in one workout. You can feel better in one week. So if you're training pretty consistently and it feels the first day of training feels like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to continue this. But then after a week, you're like, okay, I kind of sort of get this. And it's not as horrible as it was. Then 
that's a measurable, like maybe not measurable, but that is a victory, right? That is a way to measure success. Performance actually can happen faster, especially if you're getting started from scratch or you've taken a long time off. Like you can one week not be able to do a push up and the next week be able to do three. And you may not have lost a single pound, but you've just gotten stronger because your body's had to adapt. And so I actually think performance is, can be a better way to measure success right at the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree. This specific client actually had never deadlifted before and came in and deadlifted a hundred something pounds. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. And so find ways to celebrate your own victory. And I think that's the way to stay motivated, looking at ways you can look, feel, or perform better and how that's improved. The other thing that I do, and I talk about this a lot is, you know, how many let's say you're just getting started. You've been doing this for three weeks and you have shown up four times a week for those last three weeks. So over three weeks, that's 21 days. You've shown up 12 times, 12 times. Did I say three times or four times? Yeah. So 12 times, 12 times. Yeah. Yeah. Nine to 12 times. So let's say you've showed up 12 times in 21 days, right? So compare that to how many days you showed up to the gym in the previous three weeks. Before you started, if you have done nothing, then you showed up zero times in 21 days, right? Zero for 21 to 12 for 21 is a huge measurable change. You've built a habit that is measurably better than what you had before. Yep. You can probably imagine what happens if you show up for the next three weeks, 12 out of 20, 21 times, and then the next three weeks and the next three weeks. And then you compare that to the six months prior and all of a sudden you showed up at the gym 50% of the days this last six months versus the previous six months, you showed up, let's say 5% of it. So just measuring your habits and where you've shown up for yourself is an amazing way to stay motivated because you're on the right path, even if you're not seeing the the results. Yeah, I, I agree. And it takes that one step further. A lot of people will say time is our obstacle. Yeah. I have a hard time carving out time for myself. My schedule is busy, this and that. That's what stops me from going to the gym. But when you look at it and you've spent 12 hours in the last month or last three weeks working out, hey, you do have time. Here's some affirmation that you can make this work. Here is that's a huge thing. Like carving time out of your schedule is probably one of the most difficult band-aids to rip off when you're not in the habit of it. And so even just celebrating, hey, I carved out half an hour for myself today. I carved out an hour for myself today. That really, it needs to be celebrated in a big way. And I I think that needs to be reinforced in order to feel like this is progress. It may not seem like it immediately, but that's a huge step. It is a huge step. So here's a quick tip for those of you who are training with us. Open up your sugar wad and click on the profile button and it will tell you how many active days per week you have had over um, the last sort of six months, 12 months, whatever it is. So you, I'm gonna, you can't see this on video, but I'm going to show Heidi mine. So Pretty you can good. see the number of active days. So that's the number of days that you've logged workouts over that time period. And if I look at all time, look at that. It's like up and down. There's times where I'll do more and and times I'll do less. So it will tell you how many days you've been active. And that's a pretty good thing to measure yourself against. And if you've been fairly active lately and you continue that, then you will see the results eventually. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So also just side note, you can stay motivated by reaching out to your coach and saying, Hey, I'm struggling with motivation. Help me. (laughs) 
I, I actually had someone, and this was so great. I had one of our members walk up to me the other day and say, Heidi, I need a pep talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it was so refreshing for someone to just physically say what they needed as opposed to having to dig it out. Like, how are things going? Toe the, toe the line a little bit. Try to pull it out. She's like, Heidi, I really need a pep talk. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> I got you. What did you what say? You What'd you do? I, she, I was like, okay, what are the things that you can get back to today? What's one easy. And she gave me some insight to where she was struggling. Oh, I've been having a hard time getting back on my meals. I know I was doing well, really well in the past and blah, blah, blah. And I know she's a journaler. So she has that framework set up of logging yeah. every day. I was like, okay, so we need to do something that's super. I don't care about you being perfect right now. Let's look at what's the easiest thing you can do in the next day. She's like, I can go grocery shopping. Yeah. I said, great. That's what you're going to do. And let's move it forward. And if success this week is you just pack yourself five breakfasts, that's already a huge win. Yeah. So just so you, you didn't, that stuff. doesn't sound like much of a pep talk. You just, it was, I think the pep talk was in the reminder of where she had success before it was that nudge. Yes, you can do this. Yes. You have been consistent. Yeah. Look back at your, it's just a matter of doing the first step and then you can figure it out in the same way as, Hey, if you are struggling to get into the gym, just put your pants on. Yeah. Just don't sit on the couch after work. We'll do yeah. this. So we, we talk about that. this a lot. It's just what's the smallest possible thing you can do to yep. move forward and then you'll get right back on it. All right, cool. Yep. Next, next thing we had on our list, am I eating enough? So you're hearing this. You're okay. So people aren't asking are, if they're eating enough, but they tell you what they're eating and you're just like, no, like, where did this come from? You put this on the list. So, so I talk to many people a week. I talk to probably 15 new friends a week, right? Perspective clients, sometimes members that have been in for a long time, but more so with people that have not yet been in our realm of fitness. Yeah. And generally the conversation is, Hey, what's not working for you? I'd say 60 to 70% want to lose weight. And of that, probably about three quarters, two thirds of them have said, oh, I was on a diet, it didn't work. Or, hey, I've been following this diet, it's working really well, or it was working well, and then I just totally plateaued and it stopped. Mm. Okay, tell me more. And what inevitably comes up is either the diet they were on was really restrictive, and so they stopped because life came up, they had a piece of wedding cake and then had a case of the fuck it, or they are following a diet that's so restrictive that their body just shut down. <laughs> so after, after lots of digging, usually what we come around to, and there's one suspect program out there that's come up a number of times this week, find out at Optavia, it, they set you up with a, a coach and I say coach very loosely. They have a lot of social support on Facebook, which can be really helpful, but essentially it's a system where they prescribe a certain amount of calorie controlled foods for you, as well as the lean and green meals. So you're eating lean protein and some vegetables once a day, and then you're supplementing with a lot of branded food from this company. And what okay, ends so up you're, working- so you're buying like shakes and food from these yep. guys that are very low calorie. Yes, exactly. Low calorie. They take some doctoring up. Most of the Facebook group is how to make these powder packets taste reasonable in this small right. So you're eating this stuff, but there's not, so you're basically cutting your calories and people lose totally. weight. 
Yeah. Really quickly. So they'll lose weight really quickly. They're eating somewhere in the range of maybe 1400 calories. The most extreme example of this was someone that was eating 12 to 1400 calories, working out five to six days a week and still not losing weight. And it's been another three or four months since mm. they've been doing this and it's not coming off. Mm. And okay. it was like, okay, how do you feel? Oh, I'm pretty tired. Are you hungry sometimes? Do you like the food? There were a lot of red flags that came up. Yeah. So what's wrong with this program? So <laughs> it sounds like a, I'm, we, I'm signing up right now. <laughs> I know. And I, I hate to knock on anything because man, it can get you really fast results, but sustainability. So when you under eat, your body basically realizes that you are under eating consistently. When you mm. put your body under further stress, be it low sleep, a lot of these people are busy. So low sleep or high emotional stress, then you add in the physical stress of training, your body starts to conserve resources because it realizes it doesn't have enough to sustain itself. So a few things happen. One, you don't keep the muscle you have or you lose some of your muscle mass, which is totally not what you want to do if you're looking to tone. So you're um, basically like, you're basically cutting calories so much that you're losing muscle. And then when you lose muscle, then you have to cut calories even more if you want to continue to lose weight. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And ultimately that doesn't really align with health and what people actually see as their aesthetic goal either. Yeah. And so your body eventually will downregulate enough that it'll start. start You're using too many long words, coach. (laughs) Downregulates. Under eat for long enough, your body just stops burning as many calories and also will make you lose your hair make you lose your cycle. (laughs) Lots of things that will happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this is like very common, more so with women than with men. It happens sometimes with men too, but like very common and it's actually women will under eat. So you'll, you eat a thousand, 1200 calories and which if you weigh a hundred pounds, okay, maybe that's one thing, but if you weigh 150 pounds or 170 pounds, that's not going to be anywhere close to what you need. And it's yeah, if you weigh a hundred pounds, toddlers. Eat. Okay. So yeah, a thousand, 1200 calories a day is great for losing weight. It's not great for changing your body permanently. And this mm-hmm. is why most diets don't actually work. Mm-hmm. And this is also why men have an easier time losing fat than women do because men tend to have more lean muscle just as a natural byproduct of having testosterone, more lean muscle, even if they don't work out. So if they lose weight, they tend to lose fat. And, but even men, if you cut your calories down to 1200, a thousand calories, you'll lose your muscle as well. And as soon as you go back to a normal caloric intake, you'll put on a lot of weight. And this is so common with things like this. I don't know anything about Optivia, but it's so common. Yeah. I'm going to drink these shakes. I'm going to do this super low calorie, whatever. And yeah, I'm going to do tons and tons of cardio, but you're not actually building any muscle. Yep. And so, yeah, you see the scale go in the right direction. But after three months of doing this, six months of doing this, and then like you said, you have a a couple of pieces of wedding cake, all of a sudden that 10 pounds, 20 pounds that you work so hard to lose comes back with a vengeance and then it becomes like 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Another good metric to look at, uh, and we look at this on the in-body scan, is your 
base metabolic rate or resting metabolic rate, if you have muscle mass, the number of calories that you burn will be higher, right? The more muscle mass you have, that could be the difference between you burning 1400 calories. If you don't even get out of bed and 1800 calories for a guy that doesn't get out of bed. Right. So when you lose muscle mass, that goes down and it just, you can't out cardio your way out of this at yeah. all. The, the long-term solution is to really improve your resting metabolic rate, which doesn't happen if you're under eating. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so funny. Some of the words, I, I, it's been a while since we had this kind of conversation. You're like the long-term solution is to build your resting metabolic rate. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> it means to build more muscle. You need more muscle, which yeah. means that you are able to burn more calories. So here's the thing. If you are trying to lose fat, if you are trying to look better and you are not lifting weights, you're doing it wrong. Yes. That's what it comes down to. Like you have to lift weights. Do you have to get bulky? Do you have to have big biceps? No, that's not true. And it's actually not that easy to do, but you need to be lifting weights. And if you are lifting weights, then you need to be eating enough protein to support you building some muscle so that you can burn fat and you can look better, right? Yep. So yeah, you're hearing this a lot. A lot of people are simply just not eating enough. Yeah. I, I think general philosophy, eat more, do more. Yeah. Right? Eat more, lift more, as opposed to eat less, do more is is the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I, it's, it, is, it is a very common thing. And there is a, there is such a thing. This is why people get rubbed the wrong way when we talk about losing weight is because the sort of diet culture is not, it's not super healthy. Yeah. Right. It's this idea that I'm going to cut to a thousand, 1200 calories and I'm going to lose this weight so I can look fabulous in this dress for five minutes and then go back and be even worse because I haven't done anything to actually transform my body. I've just made it smaller. Yeah. 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 And, and ultimately your body shape is going to be your body shape. There's not a lot that you can do about that, but you can improve your body composition and therefore your health. Like when you have more muscle, less body fat, depending on where you are, that's going to feel healthier. Yeah. That's going to feel better. Getting smaller is not the way to feel more capable and you can go do the things you want to do. Yeah. It is really interesting when Wendy does her, some of her nutrition work, she often recommends people eat more. Yeah. Yeah. It's not eating less. Yeah. That's a great one. All right. So this is my favorite one on the list. I think we'll finish with this one. So is, do I have a weak butt? So you, <laughs> do I have a weak butt? So we have this epidemic we're seeing in modern society of people having weak butts. And the reason for that, why do people have weak butts? Do you think? We spend an awful lot of time sitting. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically like, if you're sitting, then you're putting your butt in a position where it's not actually contracting. And so it tends to get weaker. And then as you, as the front of your hips get shorter, then you tend to not use your butt when you're walking because your hip flexors are shorter. So your butt is, and this shows up when we try to lift heavy things or even just improve our posture or run. Like you find that your quads are super tight, your hamstrings are super tight and your butt doesn't actually activate. 
Yeah. We see this a lot with people that have back pain just after standing for a long day. They're not super active or aren't doing anything crazy. They're not lifting weights or even after just a a basic, very simple workout. Oh, my low back is feeling really tired and fried. And a lot of this comes back to the same thing. Your quads and hips are too tight. Your butt's weak. It doesn't support your core. Your core includes your butt. Yeah, It's not just your abs. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people do have weak butts. And it's not your fault. It's just based on how things work in society. What we do to focus on improving the strength and usability of your butt is we do a lot of squatting. We talk a lot about having a great stance, grip, and position when you're squatting. Then part of that is getting your butt tight and getting your belly tight. We'll do, we do a lot of lunging. We do a lot of stretching of the hip flexors. We do a lot of stuff where you actually use your butt. And by doing that, it starts to undo some of the stuff that hurts us in sort of day-to-day life. Yeah. Um, And it it carries over where I see it most outside of the gym is people realize after we've corrected butt tight, belly tight so many hundreds of times, they realize they go home and they do the dishes and they're like, oh, I wasn't in pain when I stood up straight and squeezed my butt. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It, it carries over to the other 23 hours of your day. Yeah, exactly. This is something with athletes. This is part of why we talk about being an athlete. If you look at any professional athlete, maybe not any professional athlete, but if most you look, yeah, if you look at most professional athletes, especially ones that do a lot of running and jumping or a strength work, they have pretty good size butts, right? They're not flat. Yeah, let's not pretend that we're not looking at the athlete's butt sometimes when we watch sports, right? Like that's something that you definitely notice. And uh, I remember a track coach once, I don't remember if this was an interview, but they were basically saying, I can tell whether my athletes are going to set a new personal record or even a world record based on the size of their butt in a given day, right? That's how important (laughs) it is because that's the thing that drives, right? It's like you said, that's the a major part of the core. And that's the thing that drives your leg motion and the power coming out of your legs. So yeah, you probably have a weak butt. This is why we lift heavy weights. So I think three things that we always recommend when it comes to improving your posterior chain squats, some sort of jumping or swinging exercise, like a kettlebell swing or a box jump or whatever, But I think the third one is really your specialty, which is loosening up your hip flexors so you can actually activate your butt, right? Yeah. Undo all the sitting that you do with the proper mobility. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you recommend? No, there are so many accessory things that people recommend on Instagram. I just think, keep it simple. Do the big compound movements. Don't stress so much about all the other things until you address those three. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about you see that stuff on Instagram? Like the, like we see it as accessory work, but people post, Oh yeah, do this. If you want a big butt. No, you don't like that. So if you will do it consistently enough and you can see some gains, great. I think the most value it has is starting the conversation. And this is exactly how this comment came up. Do I have a week? If you're looking at that thinking, Oh, this is what I need to do. Start a conversation with your coach. I think there's so much information on Instagram without context that ultimately what will help you isn't necessarily this cookie cutter program. It's doing something consistently and it's figuring out what's stopping you. 
from being in that position and talking to a coach is the best thing. So I think it has value in terms of starting a conversation. It could have value if you do it consistently enough. I just, I don't see that actually happening. I see it happen for 30 seconds and swipe. Yeah. This is a really PC answer. I think most of it's bullshit. Yeah. There's so much of it. Mitch and I actually have a thread where we send each other bullshit exercises from people all the time. Yeah. Like, can you believe they're doing this and pawning this off? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. And, and this is the thing, like when I go to a gym, like a regular gym and you just kind of watch people come up with their workout, it does seem like they're just pulling stuff from Instagram or they're just looking totally. around the gym and trying to figure out what other people are doing. And not everybody's doing that. Some people have a program and they're fairly intentional, but like at least half the people are just wandering around and just doing stuff and they will do, oh, I need to build a bigger butt or I need to like tone up my butt. So I'm going to do these like hip extensions or whatever, step up on a bench lunges. And it's, yeah. <laughs> That could work. Yeah, that could work. But if you're doing it with no weight, like once a week, that's not going to make a big difference to the prime mover in your body that can push a car. Like you, you do have to lift heavy weights and use your butt to lift that heavy weight. This is why we always go back to basics. We look at that stuff as like accessory work, like doing a one legged step up onto a bench where you lift up your knee to your chest. That's an accessory to being able to back squat 300 pounds. You know what I mean? Let's get you back squatting, maybe not 300 pounds, but let's get you back squatting heavy before we start. Then, yeah. yeah, at least at least 50 pounds. You can't back squat half your body weight yet. And it's not an injury or some other reason that needs work on an imbalance. Like truly, you're just, you're missing the, the big picture. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of this stuff is set up by trainers that can spend five hours a day. In the, and if you're spending five hours a day, you're probably not going to back squat for five hours. You will wreck yourself. That's too much volume. But most regular people only have an hour at most that they could spend at the gym. And if you're going to only spend an hour, do the thing that's like the biggest bang for your buck. Let's not do yeah. the step up extensions. Let's do like deadlifts or back squats, yep. or let's do some sprints or push a sled. Push a sled. Yeah. Or a, like a, even a hundred kettlebell swings would be better. Yeah. Agreed. Anyways. Yeah. That's uh, uh, yes. Let's get your butt stronger. Let's do it by focusing on the basics that will also get the rest of you stronger. And then let's eat enough to support that so that you don't have to worry about getting the weight that you've lost when you get off of your quote unquote diet. So anyways, yep. that's all we have for you today. Hopefully this is helpful. This is us just riffing on different topics. If there's things that you would like us to discuss, send us an email, info at hailfitness.com, and we will see you in the next one. Have a great rest of your day.